Hey everybody, this is Josh from Solopreneur Grind for episode 111 of the Solopreneur Grind podcast. I'm happy to be joined by Ben Settle. Ben, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Uh, you're welcome, Josh. Thanks for having me. Appreciate I'm, it. I'm really excited, Ben. Five seconds of fanboying. I've been on and off your list for years and years. I love what you're doing, so I'm really excited to have this conversation. For those of you who, uh, for those who might not know about you or your background, can you give us a little intro? Yeah, I'll just give the sh my my long version would be more than a few minutes. So I'll give the sh the short version basically up. So for for the longest time, I would uh, be dragged to social gatherings, which I don't particularly like doing parties and that sort of thing. And people ask, you know, inevitably you get asked, well, what do you do, right? Mm -hmm. And after I would say, well, I write spam, right? Just to mess with them a little bit. I'd say, no, really, I, I'm like a bum who gets paid. Because for the longest time, that's basically where I was. I would just write up or wake up, write an email and be done with the day. And I did that for about six years. It took me about nine years to get to that point. I did that for about six years. And then I decided to become a grown up and actually build a business. But that would be the short version. Now I do not just email. I, I do just about everything. I'm in software. I teach I have books on just about every type of marketing related topic there is. But it all starts with the email and the copywriting. And that is what I'm primarily known for is email. Right. And how how did you eventually get into it? it? Like you said, like a, a nine year in the making overnight success, right? As, as a lot of uh, yeah. kind of stories go. But <laughs> Can you take us back to like, what was, what was the first iteration of Ben Settle as an entrepreneur? Like what was your first soiree? Um, well, I'll tell you what I was, it was the last, or one of the last days of college. This was about 1998. Now people can <laughs> guess how long I've been at it. So I didn't really want to spend the rest of my life working in a job of any kind, like most people who want to do their own business. Right. But you know, whatever. I was at that. I didn't know what to do. The only thing I'd ever been exposed to business-wise was Amway because my uncle mm. was pretty big in that at the time. And so I was familiar with like the whole MLM world and all that. Well, a couple of days before graduating, I'm sitting there. I'm like, God, you know, I got to go find a job. I got to do all this stuff, you know, last minute planner. And I was just watching this, this infomercial in, in my, in my room. And it was like by a guy who's now, I believe one of he's getting near the end of his tenure federal prison sentence, I think. I don't know. Kevin Trudeau. So, you know, Kevin Trudeau is not, not to be confused with Justin Trudeau. This is Kevin Trudeau. This is a different, <laughs> so I don't know people would, who people are going to like or dislike more, but Kevin Trudeau was actually a pretty, really good marketer, actually. I'm sure he still is. I think he just kind of went dark side. But anyway, I had used one of his programs to get straight A's my last year of school. It was called Mega Memory. So I was like kind of sold mm -hmm. on the guy. And I love his infomercials. To this day, I still think they're great infomercials if you ever get can receive them on like YouTube or something. And he did this thing called Financial Freedom. That was the title of the infomercial. So obviously, right person, right time, welcome guest, as Dan Kennedy would say, welcome, you know, uh, message to market match right on. This is what I'm looking for. And so I'm watching this thing, pretty much guessed it was MLM. He didn't really come out and say it. But he was using his uh, infomercials to build a downline in network marketing, which was, yeah, I didn't realize how savvy that was in the times. I didn't know anything about direct marketing, but looking back, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of savvy. So anyway, I spent the 30 bucks or whatever for the info pack, which is basically just paying him to send me a sales pitch. And mm -hmm. I got in, I put like $700 on a credit card I didn't have and uh, proceeded to spend the next few years doing absolutely nothing with it. I was like the worst. <laughs> 
I was the number one worst network marketer who ever lived. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to talk to anybody. They would sit there and tell you, yeah, go to everyone within three feet. This is pre, you know, before the internet was used as any kind of tool for this. Go to everyone within three feet and ask them, do you keep your options open for ways to make money, right? Like stuff like that. Like, I'm not going to do any of that stuff. And so I didn't do any. I mean, you know, for whatever reason, I just wasn't good at it. Well, it got to a point where I was very, very heavily in debt. I was living in an office, didn't really want to live at home with my mom. Um, and so kind of keeping it a secret is kind of embarrassing living in an office because you're just so broke. And I'm just laying there one day and I'm like, well, it's 3 a.m. I'm going to have to get up in an hour or two. So the guy who the landlord doesn't think I'm living here because it's an office, it's not a residential apartment. And so I'm, I just go to my other, the other part of the office and I see my little bookshelf. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, let me check out what's going on. I was in kind of a pretty distressed state emotionally at the time. I really was just felt like the biggest loser in the world because I didn't, I was just getting laughed at by people as I would try to promote this MLM thing. I mean, I was doing everything like handing cassette tapes out for random business owners. Just, you know, it's just, it was just like, it's not me. I'm, that's not my game for, for selling and marketing. It is for some people, not me. So I'm thinking, well, let's see what's going on over here. Make it take my mind off this. I'm like, you know, God, you obviously don't want me doing this MLM stuff. So maybe there's something on this bookshelf that can help me out. You know, it took me about four years to come to that realization, by the way, and spending a lot of money. Well, anyway, there was one thing that that company did very well, though, is they would send you a book of the month. And, you know, most of the books of the month weren't all that great, but they, they kept you, you know, at least having a better attitude. Well, there was a book that sent me maybe a year, year and a half earlier. I don't know. wasn't too much earlier called The Seven Lost Secrets of Success by Joe Vitale. Now, this I had read it once. I didn't really understand it the first time, but now I was picking it up kind of with new eyes. And the book is about this old school copywriting guy named Bruce Barton. Very, very few people know who Bruce Barton is unless they've heard me tell the story I, I'm, I'm finding out. Even though the old school ad people all knew him and everything. He was like a, this guy was like literally a household name in the early to mid 1900s. Everyone knew him. He was an open enemy of FDR. He was, you know, an open enemy of just basically the entire establishment. And he was just pro-business. And this guy thought business was going to bring in the second coming, literally. He was a son of a preacher and like this is how he thought. And so he was very big in the ad agency business. He was the second letter B in the BBDO agency, which is still around mm -hmm. now. I mean, it's, it's been around forever. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he knew his stuff. So anyway, Joe Vitale wrote this book about him, about this Bruce Barton guy. And I just kind of thumbed through the book, you know, not really thinking much of it. And I, you know, call, call it Providence, call it luck. I don't care what you call it. I opened it just the right page that told this story about there, it was right after World War One. The economy was in shambles. People were out of work. And Bruce Barton told the story about he was in his office one day and this out of work salesman came to him for help, looking for some advice or maybe even a job. And Bruce Barton heard this guy out and found out that he was a, a sales manager who was out of work, whose, whose specialty was writing sales letters, which I really didn't know what that meant at the time. And he goes, so Bruce takes him to the window. He says, look at all these buildings out here. I don't know if they're in Chicago or where they were. Look at all these buildings out there. You're supposed to be great at writing sales letters. Why don't you write a letter selling them on hiring you? And it all just kind of clicked. I'm like, hold on, you can like make a living writing like letters? Like, like I thought copywriting was just like the legal thing, right? The, you know, the mm -hmm. little sign, like copywriting, like a piece of, work, of, of art or something. 
but no, and and then that night, the whole like this, the floodgates opened. Right? It was like a whole new world was open, and Google was still kind of in its infancy at the time, but it was very useful. And I just started getting on Google, looking up sales letters, copying what is this stuff. And luckily, there wasn't this glut of information like you have now. Like there's some good teachers out there, but there's a lot of bad information out there these days. This was back when. If you type this in Google, you're only going to really hear from the best. You're going to hear the Gary Halberts and the Dan Kennedys and that sort of thing. And it was just a rabbit hole that I have not emerged from in, what is it, 22 years, whatever it is, or however many years it's been. 20 years now, actually, this year is when I had this kind of epiphany. So, yeah, that's the longer version. Yeah, it's, it's super interesting because having interviewed like a whole bunch of entrepreneurs it almost seems like luck can play a factor. I don't like luck isn't the only thing, but I, it seems to be, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts, like a combination of a little bit of luck, right? Like finding the right page of the right book at the right time, but also putting yourself out there and being open to it, right? Because like if you weren't in that office looking to grab that book and flipping through the pages, you never would have found it, right? So like, wh where do we draw the line or I guess like how important is the right balance? And, and part of why I ask this is we have a lot of listeners who are not entrepreneurs yet, but they're thinking about it and they maybe haven't yeah. pulled the trigger yet. So how much is like right place, right time and, you know, bide your time, et cetera, et cetera. And how much is like put yourself out there and take action type thing? Well, I, I think it's a combo of both. I mean, this is the key. It's, you know, mm -hmm. what is, I don't forget, who, who was the, the coach? Vince Lombardi, I don't know who said it, said luck is just preparation meets opportunity. Mm. Well, um, so about almost eight years ago now, the, this guy, Brian Kurtz, one of the, like, he's like one of the greatest direct marketers alive walking this planet right now. Like, I won't go into his whole background, but just believe me, he's he's up there. Like, you, you don't get much savvier than him and just experiencing him. And, and so he had this event called the Titans of Direct Response. This was 2014, and he had all the great old-school copywriters and direct marketers that were still alive. Uh, you'd be surprised how many he knows you know, who had passed, okay? But these were the ones that were still alive. And uh, one of the people he had is a guy named Gary Bensavenga, who's, to this day, I believe, still the world's greatest living copywriter. Like, I just don't think anyone would even dispute that. He's just kind of doing his own thing. He sells, he has an olive oil company. He just writes ads for his own stuff now, but he was the best of the best during his day. And so he gave a talk there. And during this talk, he, he told this story. It was very interesting. It's very relevant to this. He talked about if you were to go look outside the window, let's say you're in a city and you're kind of looking down on a bunch of cars on the street. And somebody said, look out there, look out at all those cars. And you kind of look out at the cars. No, that's nice. Okay. Look, look back. And, you say, well, how many red cars were there? Well, probably you wouldn't know because you really weren't looking for them, right? You just looked at cars. Well, look again. Oh, there's four red cars out there. Now that you're looking for those four red, those red cars, you can find them. But mm. you're not, if you're not looking, you're not going to find anything. And so right. it's very, I think that plays into this. You have to be looking for, you have to be doing the work and looking for opportunity because opportunities abound. And I'll tell you what, the weirder the world gets right now, and more chaotic the world gets and the more uncertain the world gets, the more opportunities are going to come up. And you got to be ready for that because sometimes they come in disguise. Sometimes you don't even know it. You know, mm -hmm. Sometimes you just don't know. 
But if you're ready, if you start working on yourself now, and I would say that anybody who's new to all this right now, and they don't have a business yet, and they don't, they need some guidance. I'm, t- I'm going to tell you what I wish somebody had told me in 1998 <laughs> before I saw the infomercial. Okay, um, although all that worked for the best. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad it all happened. But yeah. here's what I wish somebody had sat down and told me, which is very ironic because. The MLM company, one of the thing, products they sold was the product I'm going to recommend to people right now, which is very, very inexpensive and easy to find. And I wish somebody would handed me this program by Earl Nightingale called Lead the Field. And I'm telling you, go get it, listen to it several times. If you don't know what, you know, if you're just getting started, let it be your foundation because it will shave a lot of years off your progress and a lot of hours of frustration out of your life and just give you that kind of, you know, how to get started, how to think right, you know, how to do all that right. So that when opportunities do come, you'll be more likely to see them. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great explanation. So Ben, what was the next step? You you take a deep dive into copywriting. What was the first kind of like commercial application of that? Well, okay. So this was, again, this is 2002, really <laughs> early, literally 20 years ago this month, actually. I remember it was February 2000 when I finally started i actually came you know found out what was going on in the world with sales letters a couple months earlier but it was like february for some reason i just remember it was this month 20 years ago it's been on my mind lately probably for reasons that make kind of obvious now but um so I, I one of the people i found like i was talking about was a guy named gary halbert he's no longer alive he died i think in 2006 but he was just one of the greatest copywriting and marketing minds who ever lived i just don't know anyone who would even dispute that and I just, like I said, there wasn't this glut out there. So like, this is one of the people I found right, right off the bat. And he had all these newsletters up on a website for free that, you know, originally he had charged people for. And I mean, it was a, tr- I mean, this was the best education you could get. And it's still up today, by the way. Not as many, they've taken a lot of the content down, but I mean, there's still a lot there. Mm-hmm. And um, he had this one newsletter there that stuck out for very, very obvious reasons. And it was why multi-level marketing sucks. <laughs> and so I'm like, I got to read this, right? And so, because I was still actually doing it at the time a little bit. I was using what I was learning about copyright and direct mail, especially. I wasn't really using the internet to buy leads and use direct mail to get some. I actually was doing pretty good. I was just, I just realized it was a bad business model. But I was like, huh, it's too bad I, you know, I didn't like doing this because I'm actually doing pretty good. But anyway, so I, I read it. And in this is this thing he talks about how here's what's much better than multi-level marketing or even doing client work because i really wasn't keen on just doing client stuff because it's really just the same as having a job it's just a glorified job basically and so i uh read this and he talked about how here's what i would do i would just go find someone with a product to sell and make a deal with them or i sell it using my sales copy and you know we split the sales or you know we make a deal like that so you're Mm -hmm. kind of like your own client right it's more of a joint venture than, than a client relationship. Now, I didn't really understand the nuances of this. I was still wet behind the ears, and you know, but I but I loved the idea of it. And I found this um, website that no longer exists called Send Free, and they basically let you set up a free autoresponder. You have like 500 leads or something. Didn't know anything about email or anything back then, but I was just I joined it just to see what was going on. And they had this thing called the Send Free Roundtable, which was very interesting. Basically, they let all the members of Send Free send a free classified ad in one giant email that they would compile like once a day or once a week or something like that. Hmm. And I decided to put an offer out there. I will write 
copy for people for 5% of the gross sales, which is like in hindsight insane. <laughs> like what the, you know, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense, right? I didn't know anything about anything. But I'll tell you what, I got like five or six gigs like that. But I didn't get paid anything because I wrote all the sales copy. I was using stuff I was learning, like from Dan Kennedy's book, The Ultimate Sales Letter, which is a great book for copywriting. And um, I was doing, I mean, they were decent enough ads and everything, but none of these people were serious. Like they just, they didn't run it. They didn't care. You know, it was just like a game to them or something. However, right. it wasn't, it wasn't for nothing. Cause I really got a crash course on how to deal with clients and the realities of dealing with clients and the game I was in. But even more importantly than that, there was a site, it's, you know, before this was years before Upwork and it was called Elance at the time. Mm-hmm. And I went on Elance and I used those four or five or however many sales letters as uh, samples. And I put the, I put them in there and I got some, I got some gigs like that, especially a guy who like paid me like $800 to do a whole bunch of work for him that to this day, I should have charged like, you know, 10 times as much, but I didn't know it. I didn't know any better. Yeah. And I was learning, like, it was exciting though. It was like, wow, I just got paid 800 bucks, like a big deal to me at the time. Right. Believe me, I was so broke. It was like that was like a, you know, that was like striking gold for me, and getting paid for it. And I and I had fun and I enjoyed doing it. And it was this guy I was like lived in Oman or something, so was, like, I had to use like special mail to get even pay him or for mm-hmm. him to pay me. I mean, and um, anyway, so I, I I did that and I took that money, and instead of just like oh I'm going to spend it, no, I, there were a couple copywriting courses I really wanted. Uh, one was from John Carlton, another great copywriter. His course was called Kick-Ass Copywriting Secrets of a Marketing Rebel. And I would sit there and just read the sales letter over and over and over because I couldn't afford it for so long. And I bought it. I was like, oh, I could buy this. And there was this other guy named Scott Haynes. who He, he died back in 2016, but he was a great copywriter, one of Gary Halbert's protégés. And I bought his product. And I, I, in other words, I, I would buy these, invest back into this skill I was learning. Which, you know, in hindsight, I was just kind of doing it instinctively, but really it's a way to smart way to go about it. And that got me into that world even more. And from there, I started meeting some other people who are to this day friends of mine in this business who I've done business with. I resisted doing actual freelance copywriting for several years, probably like five years before I just gave in and said, you know, I can't really rely on these. I, I really only made one of those deals work. <laughs> I get paid on the commission. It worked well, but mm-hmm. even that was starting to fizzle out. So I started taking paid clients. And then, um, you know, I did that for a few years, which I wish I had done earlier because I learned so much doing that, uh, just about the craft and everything. And then eventually when I was able to, I just, you know, I decided, okay, I'm really getting tired of doing client work, nothing against clients. Since I just want to do, I want to be my own client. So, at the end of 2010, and this was literally the week between Christmas and New Year's, I sat down because I had actually had this really sweet gig where I got like a $5,000 base pay every month from this biz op company to write all their ads, all their emails, all their sales letters and everything. Plus, they would pay me 1% of the gross sales, which, you know, was not chump change really for, for many of those months until they're like Google stopped sending them traffic and Facebook and it just kind of went to nowhere. Mm-hmm. But... I just, I I enjoyed the people there. I liked them, but I realized I still hate having to do other work for other people. So in that week between uh, Christmas and New Year's 2010, I said, okay, here's my goal. I want to be out of client work and just doing my own. I want to be my own client, selling my own informational products, um, you know, enough to live on and whatever by the end of 2011. So I decided, I decided to get into this niche for people who have prostate problems. 
Um, the reasons for this are many. It runs in my family, so it's kind of like, okay, I want to learn about for like how to prevent this problem from happening to me, <laughs> nothing else. And um, I found it interesting. And I had this buddy who was in the weight loss niche at the time, and he had built a $70,000 a year business, which I know doesn't like sound like a lot, but for him, it was like his whole workday was get up at 10 a.m., check PayPal, go play with the sun for the rest of the day. And, and this guy, yeah. no back end, no affiliate. He didn't know anything about business, but he did. He was good at gaming, like article directories and stuff. And so he taught me what he was doing. Cause I thought, well, shoot, I, I can, I know how to actually do a business. I could take what he's doing and actually make some money, you know? And so he taught me his ways and I did it. And it, it involved a lot of writing. Like I'm talking a thousand easing articles plus like four or 500 blog, unique blog posts plus a, uh, you know, an autoresponder, like a hundred emails and a sales letter all. And plus I was doing writing for my own bensettle.com stuff, which I was, you know, I never stopped daily emails and all that. Plus I was still working for that client doing all their webinar scripts and sales letters and emails and all this other stuff. Needless to say, I wrote the equivalent probably of two or three novels in like a month and a half. I didn't sleep much, maybe an hour at the most. I mean, I was like in a haze, you know, I like, I, I still don't remember all the Every, though that month and a half very much to this day, I was just like in the mode, right? Writing, 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 writing. I mean, morning, noon, and night. And I went, so, but um, about a month and a half in, I said, okay, I'm almost got all this done. I'm going to go take a vacation. I've got all these articles up. The SEO is kicking in. I'm getting sales, which is great. I'm going to go take a, 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 I'm going to go take me a little week long vacation. So I went to visit my dad when he lived in, he lives in Arizona. I'm in Oregon, so you know it's long, ice long road trip, and so while I'm there, I'm noticing sales come. Like, wow, this this prostate business actually it's 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 taking. Like, I, I know before long I'll be doing about a hundred bucks a day on autopilot, and you know, I can just build it from there. And I had a good back end product in place, which was like a supplement I was going to sell the buyers and all this. Well, then about halfway through my vacation, Google and all of its infinite wisdom, and I don't even blame them for doing it was they decided to slap article directories, meaning all those page one articles, all this traffic. So Google slapped me and that meant that they just delisted all my articles. I'd spent all those that time. It was just a complete mess. I mean, I was, I went from making almost a hundred dollars a day doing absolutely nothing to nothing. <laughs> no, that work. But it really wasn't for nothing because I realized after all that writing, all those hours of writing and not sleeping. Now, when I wanted to write a single email per day, it was like nothing. And to this day, it's like writing an email is not intimidating. Like I, I have a hard time understanding how people have a trouble with this, right? But it just goes back to unless you've been through that, it, you know, it is daunting. So a few months later, I was driving up the coast here, and I'd had this course I'd been selling for about a, almost a year about email marketing. It's basically I've been learning from a lot of great people, a lot of just great minds at this. Probably my biggest inspiration for emails is this guy named Matt Fury, who's still out there in the game, just brilliant, brilliant guy. And you know, I was learning, I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot from the master negotiators like Jim Camp and master salesmen like Stan Ballou. If these names aren't aren't recognizable, that's okay. I'm just saying these were like these were like the top of their game people. A lot about copywriting. I just all this knowledge coming in and me every day writing an email and for all the clients I was working for at the time and all that, I'm, I'm practicing this. I'm in, I'm seeing what works, what doesn't, what works for me specifically, what doesn't. 
you know, what kind of stuff is evergreen? What isn't? And I realized this email course, which was very successful, I had to keep updating it because I'm learning new stuff all the time or I'm finding out, yeah, this didn't really work as well as it should and this and that. And it just dawned on me at the time I had this uh, print newsletter called the Crypto Marketing Newsletter. Never really beat, it never had more than 120 subscribers. It cost 27 bucks a month, which, you know, 10 years ago you could get away with. Now with inflation and all that, I don't think you could get away with that. But um, it just, you know, it was very generalized information. I love print newsletters. And I had that, I'm like, what if I do, instead of updating this course all the time, why don't I just do a print newsletter about email marketing? Nobody had really done an e a print newsletter just about email marketing. There have been print newsletters about you know various aspects of, of internet marketing, and they may have talked about it, but nobody just specialized in it. So I said, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. And you know, everybody I knew, and some of them to this day admit it, and they say, you know, man, you know, it's a good thing you didn't listen to me. <laughs> very, very, very smart and very wise, and in some cases, very well-known marketers I knew said, Ben, this is dumb. There's a disconnect. Why would you use print to to teach email? It doesn't make any sense. Right. I don't know. The more people naysay, the more I wanted to do it. So I wrote the first few issues. I launched it. To, I only had like a list of 3,000 people at the time. And this was this this was uh, the end of this was August 2011. So what seven months, whatever it was, into the year, and I launched it, and I had enough subscribers on the launch to more than make up for what I needed to live and eat and pay rent and all that. And I was I had reached my goal well before the end of 2011, and haven't looked back. I have this newsletter I've been publishing since August 2011, hmm. just celebrated its 10 year anniversary last August, and going on the 11th. And uh, that's the flagship thing, but I also have a whole bunch of different books and other offers that I sell. But that that subscription-based newsletter has been sort of the nucleus of my business. And so that's where I started. I started in a dorm room watching an infomercial to now I'm, I, you know, I have a very, very, you know, thankfully, God willing, <laughs> a successful newsletter that people really like and, you know, it helps them and they, they like it and they stick around. And that is the long version, Josh, of my story. Right. It's it's super interesting. I'm I'm very curious because I didn't realize around that time that you started kind of your own products that went beyond just teaching email marketing so early and so quickly. How did you make that decision? Like, did you start bensettle.com and some of these uh, like different unrelated businesses at the same time? Was it like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna try them both and see which works. Did you end up continuing with that prostate business and website for a long time? And and maybe as well, like, what would you recommend to people who wanna get into email marketing, you know, not working for clients? How would right. you do that if you could do it again type thing? Well, the, the prostate thing didn't last too long. Like after I got the list, I said, screw it, I'm done with this. I'm okay. not gonna I'm just like, I realized you can only serve like for me at least, I can only serve one master. I, you know, being in multiple, I, there are people who thrive in being in multiple markets and I, that's not me. I, I just want to focus on one thing. And since I already had a list of like 3,000 people and I was already selling a print newsletter, I didn't, and I wasn't even doing very, like I didn't really understand what I know now. Like I didn't even have a backend at the time. Mm -hmm. I didn't use one click upsells or any of that. I only mailed, like I think the entire email player's launch, I mailed like four times. Nowadays I would mail like 15 times over four days you know like there's so many things i look back and I'm like wow and uh you know my list is 10x since then so that's good but you know it took 10 years 
right? So it's not like overnight. But the thing that that I would like the biggest lessons I can extract from this for someone listening to this is, you know, ultimately you want to have some kind of subscription-based business. Now, it's, not everyone can just start out doing that. This is very important because people think, well, I just want to start. You got to have a list that likes you and trusts you and wants what you're selling. A lot of people skip that part. Right. They think they, you know, I don't know why they think they can skip that part. Like it, Again, it took me a long time. It doesn't take everyone that long, but it took me a long time. And um, that's important. And I remember even hearing Dan Kennedy, you know, and anybody who Googles him, you'll find he's like about the highest level you're going to get in this industry. Uh, I remember hearing him say that not having continuity, you know, that's basically a subscription offer in his business early on meant leaving about $20 million on the table over the course of his career at that time. So that tells you it, it's a foundational thing. And it doesn't mean you, you know, again, you, you don't necessarily come right out and sell it. You might sell, I, I recommend people, especially if you're just getting into business, right? It's like, you're not just going to start out probably with business. If you, unless you have like super email and list building skills, it's probably not going to happen. But it's very good to start out with some other kind of offer. Some one-off offer it could be a, an ebook or a regular book or software. It could be anything really. It, it, whatever you sell, it could be a health supplement. It doesn't really matter what the product is, but you right. it's better to start off selling that and then sell those customers into some kind of subscription. Because now they know, like, trust you. They know that what you sold them works. They believe in you much, much easier, much right. easier. And if I was to go back, I would probably have done that. But, you know, it is what it is. And it doesn't matter what market you're in. It doesn't matter what niche you're in. You could be selling to consumers. You could be selling to businesses. There's all kinds of markets out there. And this is key. A lot of people are worried about the product first, but that is a huge mistake. What you want to do is find a market first to sell, a market that's out there. They're already buying things. They have money to spend. They're going to spend it. They're looking. They have a very hot, urgent problem they want solved. Find that first that you can identify with, that you can kind of gravitate toward and, you, and look at that and say, I can help them and then find or build a product to sell to them. That is the, now I didn't do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's the, that's really the easy way to do it and the best way to do it. Don't start with right. a product. Don't, don't have a product looking for a solution, right? Or have a product looking for a solution, looking for a problem. You want a problem looking for a solution. Very, very simple that way. Right. And how long might be too long to, let's say, start an email list and start building a following around a certain niche or topic or whatever it may be and not have anything to sell to them? Well, I think people should sell right out the gate, personally. I, it, otherwise, you're just training people to not buy from you. You're training mm. people to think you're a charity. And, you know, I have this battle with even very good friends. They don't want to believe this. They, they're, they're projecting their own emotions and biases and thoughts onto their market, but they're not their market. They got right. onto your list because they have a problem that needs to be solved. Now, it doesn't mean you shove it down their throat every day. Like, it's not like, you know, last chance every day. <laughs> No, mm -hmm. you have a conversation with them every day and you can pitch it softly. You can pitch it more aggressively. Other times you get a feel for it over time. See, this is why it's good to get started early and mm -hmm. just start figuring it out because the, as you build your list you, and you mail it, if you mail it at least once a day, you start to get a sensitivity and a feel for it. And I, I have no other way of explaining it other than um, I've been doing this Kung Fu style for the last seven years called Wing Chun. And one of the things we do is called chi sao, which just means sticking hand. 
And it, you basically, it's not really sparring. It's like kind of pseudo sparring. You kind of make contact with your partner and you're trying to like get in on the other person. You're trying to find an opening. And it's all about feeling and interpreting what someone's going to do before they do it. This mm -hmm. is why these ancient like martial artists who are like 90 years old look like they're, they're moving so fast. It's not that they're moving fast or that they're strong. They just know what you're about to do before you do it because they're feeling it. Well, I have found that daily emails will let you do that. You can actually start to figure out what it is they want a lot of times without them even telling you. And there's no checklist for teaching this. You just kind of got to do it. Like nobody asked for email players. Nobody asked for my copy slacker book. Nobody asked for my client hoard book. Nobody asked for a book for me about branding of all things, especially in direct marketing. Everybody, it's almost like a dirty word. You know, but yet these are all high selling products, right? And it's not like, oh, I'm some genius. No, I just, I would get feedback based on the emails I'm writing and the stuff people would tell me. And to this day, they'll email me back with their thoughts and, you know, their questions and this and that. And you just, and, and they'll drop names and they'll, what do you think of this? And, you know, I'm thinking about that. And I don't do a whole lot of one on one engagement unless it's a paid newsletter subscriber. But I do take in all this information and you just start kind of putting together what it is they want. And, uh, you know, right. again, you can never start too early. I don't think people should like obsess over this. Like, oh, I need to chase out for no, no, no. Um, what I'm saying is just get going. Start mailing. You know, start building. Do a little something every day to build your list. Get on, get on a podcast like we're doing here, and start having conversations about your topic. And there will be people listening and say, huh, this person's interesting. They'll go to your site and they'll opt in. You know, there's there's always something you can do every day to build your list. And you know, mm -hmm. there's some people really good at that who can drive like thousands of people to a site. I, I, that's no, I've not ever had that skill, but slowly, methodically, again, I was able to just 3,000 people do pretty well, and I know people who have less smaller lists than that who do extremely well. It's not about size; it's about quality and just you know learning business. And again, starting with that that Earl Nightingale lead the field. I'm telling anybody that there's nothing about the internet in it. I mean, I think he recorded like 89 or something there's nothing about the internet in it there's nothing about email but all these principles you, you apply into this and i think you'll find that things go a lot smoother than otherwise right yeah that that's super insightful i, I want to put a little twist on on um, an almost similar question ben what if what if you're running a list as a side project because you enjoy it and and to give a little more context because this is a slightly selfish question solopreneur grind as an example is kind of like my side project i don't even have a product for sale but i have been running an email list for a couple of years now and it's not a huge list but you know a good amount of people that read my email every week or two i, I am so what would you recommend to someone who might have or continuing to be building a list but you don't, it's not really your main focus and you don't necessarily need to generate revenue from it, but it, it's really more, at least for me, like a brand building exercise. I'm building a list of followers who like my businessy content. They like to hear my updates and, and stuff like that. And I have no real need or desire right now to kind of uh, generate revenue from that list. Well, I would just say this. Um, these people who listen to you and like you and trust you, they're going to buy something about business from someone inferior to you. Mm. And you're actually letting them down. I'm, I'm not saying you're doing a purpose. I'm just saying like, mm -hmm. that is the effect. effect like, there's yeah. so much. And so, you know, if you care about them, it at least 
if you don't want to create a product, that's totally understandable, by the way. I, I get it. But you could, for example, monetize that list by accepting solo ads. Like someone like me, I would pay you probably to just send an ad to your list, right? And, you know, like you could, it, people that you like and trust, people you've had on who you think can add to their lives who have a good offer that can help them. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be like this long ad or anything. It, just, it could just be like a three sentence classified ad you put in the bottom of an email, right? That you're already sending them or something. But there are ways to monetize this and help your list at the same time without you having to necessarily dive into the whole info publishing game. Right, right, yeah, that makes sense, that makes sense. Awesome, Ben, I, I just wanna spend the last few minutes talking about what you've been up to lately because it seems super exciting. Like we, we started talking about how you created a business so you could wake up and just send an email and be done. But now it seems like you've got even more going, right? You have the tech products and all this other kind of stuff, the software. Uh, what brought that along for you? Was it uh, you just wanted something new? Was it good opportunities? What brought that along for you? Yeah, I mean, for, like I said, for about six years, I lived the proverbial 10-minute workday. I didn't have a product <laughs> called that, <laughs> you know. But, you you know, what do they say? Idle, time, or idle hands are the devil's tool. I don't know, whatever that saying is. It's kind of true. When you, get, when you don't have too much time on your hands, you start kind of wandering. Like it's almost mm -hmm. like an aimless wandering. And I realized, I think this was maybe 2017-ish, late 2017, fall of 2017, actually. I just said, you know, okay, I, I was burned out for several years there. I just, for working as hard as I was and all that. So that, I kind of needed the break. But I was starting to get antsy. I'm like, there's more. I can do more with this. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy working on this. So I, I decided to just kind of go all in on creating a suite of, related products of what I was selling so I could have something to back end sell and you know just keep my my list on a journey you know and that's the whole thing you mm -hmm. want to keep them on a journey you know Disney does this very well they, they keep you on they get you on a journey like you Apple does a great job like you don't just buy one Apple thing usually if you're an Apple fan you're going to buy as much as you can they're always giving you another journey to go on another adventure another side quest right and so I think in these terms and so I got, I started building up all these other products for a couple of years. And then I got to talking to, uh, who's now my business partner in software, Troy Broussard. And he kind of sold me on this idea of, of, Hey, let's do a software venture together. Like we originally wanted to do just an email platform, which is like the ultimate for an email guy like me. Like I get to actually design my own platform. Right. And we have, it's called Berserker Mel and it's great, but it started with that and then we that we decided that's not a you know we're going to do mobile apps and we built a social media platform and we have a, a shopping cart on the way and some other things and it's just it's it's almost like uh i went from a 10 minute workday to sometimes a 10 hour workday and i couldn't be more thrilled right mm -hmm. and it's not like i just sit in front of the computer for 10 hours but my mind is constantly on all these cool exciting fun things and, you know, I, maybe it's just me. I don't need to travel. In fact, I don't even like leaving town. So I'm not like the most exciting guy in the world anyway. So to me, this is fun. Like I, I'm more of a baggins than a took, right? I don't want to leave anywhere. I just like to go, I'll go take these three hour, three and a half hour, 10 mile walk and I'll do work on the walk, whether it's catching up on calls or writing down ideas or, um, you know, creating content, whatever customer service. And I'm just kind of always on like right now I'm on. Right. Talking to you right now, 
this is an exercise in hopefully helping build my list to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. You just like, I'm kind of always on now. And, uh, you know, I just, I realized back then that this whole idea of wake up, you know, stretch and say, what shall I do to amuse myself today? Like that, that's nice. And I think everyone should experience it if you can for a little while, because it is fun. But after a while, you're like, no, there's more to this. Like, I want to go build it. I want to write more fiction now. I've already written eight novels. I want to write some more novels, you know? I want to keep doing new and cool things. And, and, and there's a good reason to have this mindset. And it all starts with the first thing you do, by the way. I don't want to get, like, overwhelmed here. We all start somewhere. This is a lifelong journey. This isn't something you just do for six months and you're done. If that's the case, just get out of this entrepreneur thing. Because you're mm-hmm. not, it's just not, you know, that's not how it works. But when people see you going out there and trying and building things and accomplishing things or even failing, but getting back up and trying again, which happened to me many times, like a article thing, right? That was a pretty demoralizing experience. Um, You know, people see that. And not just people that you might want to sell to or do business with, but your kids see it, other people see it. It improves the lives of everyone around you to some degree. You know, lately, and I don't know why, but for months now, I've been on this Sylvester Stallone kick. The guy is truly like, I think he's like one of the more brilliant guys out there in that industry. He's a true auteur and he talks about this sort of stuff. And, you know, I was thinking you can't watch his Rocky movies and not be just a little bit better of a person when you're done because <laughs> it's going to inspire you to do something, right? Like how many people's lives were changed by the first couple movies, especially how many people who were pre-diabetic are now not pre-diabetic. And maybe had they not been inspired by that movie, May, or known someone who was inspired by that movie and saw what they were doing, maybe they would have had a, a, a limb amputated or something right now because of diabetes. I mean, you just don't know. But mm-hmm. the, I think just constantly being in movement, constantly going to the next thing, never sitting still like I did for six years. That was, you know, in hindsight, it was just dumb. It's like I sat still and I was bored. Yeah. And it's just nothing good comes from that. So, you, you know, do things that you like. You know, this is something you'll learn if you, if you go to the Earl Nightingale lead the field. He'll talk about this. Do your work. You know, at the end of the day, this is what you're going to leave behind. This is what you got. Do your work and do it as best you can and do it with passion. And I'm telling you, you you almost can't fail. And even if you mm-hmm. get into the wrong market or make mistakes, it's okay. There's other markets. There's other approaches. Direct marketing is just one way of coming. There's other ways of doing business. And you'll find what's right. You know, like MLM was just my gateway drug into all this. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, But it got me in the game. And that's all I want to do for anyone listening to this. I just want to get you in the game. Get in there, suit up, and start playing. And so what if you stumble and, you, you know, it, it's hard? Of course it's going to be hard. There's always learning curves, right? That's okay. That's part of the process. You're doing more than most people are. And just keep going forward. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great message. And one of the reasons why I love your approach to email is that if you build up a list of people who know, like, and trust you, they'll follow you no matter where your journey goes, which is seems like such a great opportunity for everybody, right? We're, we're not looking to take advantage of anybody. We're providing value kind of like what you said. Um, you're providing value that you kind of owe to the list and, and that hopefully they'll get a lot of value from. Ben, this has been this has been really great. My last question to most guests, you kind of already answered really well. I usually like to ask my guests if, if one of our listeners is out there working a nine to five, they're not happy, they know there's something more out there, they, you know, they don't like working for the man, what would be kind of the one even first step 
that you would recommend they do, maybe because we've been talking so much about email and because you just answered that question more broadly so well, maybe if someone's out there and has been thinking about starting an email list specifically, what's the first thing that you recommend that they do to get started? Well, in, in my humble but very biased opinion, and this is as biased as I can get, you'd want to go to berserkermail.com <laughs> and get an account. And um, we're not the cheapest, by the way. So if you're like really hurting for money, you can, there's free ones out there, but your email delivery will probably suck or whatever. But go to berserkermail.com and start a list. But before you do that, you know, figure out who you want to serve. You know, Figure out what market you want to serve first. Okay, and you know, do that first. Don't just spend money on this thing and never do anything with it. Go find a market you want to serve. And when you figure that out, go start an email list and then start driving traffic to it, whether it's you know, putting content out there in the form of articles. It could be as simple as medium.com and putting a link to your website or whatever. Or it could be getting on podcasts like this. You know, there's plenty of them out there. Mm -hmm. And if you think, well, no one's going to want to hear from me, well, then you probably don't know that topic very well. Right. You got to have the confidence. You, you know, being an expert just means, you know, a little bit more than everyone else. <laughs> you don't have to be like Einstein at what you do. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just just do that. And when you get there, when you've done that, you'll see farther. So it's kind of like, you know, where I live. If, if you if I started walking, I'm on, in this beach town. If I started walking across the ocean right now, eventually I would run into Japan. <laughs> I've, I've learned that recently. Well, obviously, I can't see Japan from here. Right, it's thousands of miles away. I can only see the horizon, but if I start walking, I'll get to where I can see, and when I get there, I'll see further. And that's how you go. You just go as far as you can see. When you get there, you'll see further, but it starts with just the basic. Right, yeah, that's a great way to, to put it into perspective. Ben, this has been great. Wanted to thank you again for coming on the show. If people want to learn more about you, uh, where do you recommend, other than uh, Berserker Mail, of course, any, anywhere else? Yeah, just you can go to bensettle.com and you can jump on my daily emails, email list. I email daily, right? But I also give you access to my mobile app, which has about 40 hours, maybe closer to 50 hours of content in there now. It's all free. Or you can just read the blog there. You don't even have to opt in. It's like two or 3,000 pages of content there. That's all free. It's an absolute no-brainer to go there. See if I'm someone you want to get more from. If you do, just join the free email list. I'll give you a free issue of uh, email players, the first issue is a PDF. I mean, the newsletter is print, but I'll give you a PDF for the first issue. You can go through that, learn some email stuff, see if it's up your alley or not. And uh, that's at bensettle.com. Awesome. And I can definitely vouch for it. Ben, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you.